All right, good evening. Welcome to our midweek service. And today we're going to start with a topic, uh, kingdom leadership. We had a great time this past month with our relationship boot camp. Uh, when you have time, <clears throat> I know uh, when you start looking at the videos, it's, it's you know, it's, uh, it's pretty detailed, pretty exhaustive. You have questions and answers. You have comments. You also have uh, some exhaustive information. Uh, but you have to ask yourself, is, your, is relationships worth it? It's like you go to a movie and you pay a certain price. And these days, you could pay almost $15, $20 because you want IMAX or what have you. What are you saying? You're saying it's worth it. So I understand, uh, me and Pastor Mel, we do understand that the world has established a limit for our, uh, our level of processing. You know, at, at one point, at least, some, at least about 15 years ago, they were saying, uh, so you have a 12-minute or a 15-minute attention span. But uh, we were consulting with uh, a, a social media person. They said it was eight, was it eight seconds? Eight minutes? 32 seconds. And so, so, so uh, when you give me numbers like that, I'm aware of that. But when kids are born, they have a short attention span. And so our job is to expand their, stimulate their brains and expand their extension, attention span. We've come in a culture where uh, limits, uh, being limited, uh, the world finds a way to comfort you there as opposed to advance you. So I'm gonna challenge you as you go and look at those videos, advance yourself to learn about relationships. And the reason why I said that is important because whether it's 32 seconds, eight seconds, or, or 15 minutes, no one's gonna grow a relationship in that period of time. So, Let's just say everybody has an eight-second or eight-minute or 32 seconds or 15-minute attention span. They know none of us will grow, right? Because you can't get all the information you need in, in that short period of time. So challenge yourself uh, to listen, to, to go back and, and walk through the relationship boot camp. Even if you have to take it piece by piece every day, take, give yourself 10 minutes um, until you get through that series if you haven't already. All right, so let's get into kingdom leadership. We talked about kingdom leadership before. We're going to talk about kingdom leadership again. We're going to always hit aspects of leadership, just like we hit aspects of faith, aspects of flowing with the Holy Spirit. We're going to hit these things um, because they're essential um, to the world, but this particular ministry, because everybody that's a member of this church right now are leaders. You know, that's what God told me. You know, first few hundreds of people are, are foundational leaders. So let's start with this focus here. Leaders are visionaries. Leaders are visionaries. Right, let's go to Proverbs 29. Proverbs 29, verse 18. Um, you can adjust that camera. Could you adjust the heat? Yeah. Huh? Yeah, that'd be cool for, for pretty. Huh? Oh, it's already turned off? Well, it's saying 78. Huh? Oh, but there's no air blowing? Oh, okay. All right, you can leave. I mean, I don't want to mess with it. But I know some people hot. Hey, if you see young people hot, then it's hot. <laughs> None personal to those that are older. Sometimes you're hot for different reasons. All right, so apologize to people watching online, but, you know, 
I know y'all comfortable in y'all homes and got your heat, the heat and the air the way you want to, but, you know, everybody deserves to have that same opportunity here, okay? All right, so let's go to Proverbs 29, 18. 29, 18. It says, where there is no vision, the people perish, but he that keepeth the law, happy is he. And the message says this. The message version says this. If people can't see what God is doing, they stumble all over themselves. If people can't see what God is doing, they stumble all over themselves. And so a leader is a visionary because a leader actually is not just uh, one, a dictator, not just a manipulator, not a hustler. Uh, A leader is actually a, a servant. And and that leader is serving their aspect or their part in God's vision. And so a good leader sees clearly God's vision and is communicating it accurately as people go forward. Now, of course, that leader has to adapt and adjust to the level of commitment of those that are following. You know what I'm saying? You know, so so, so you're still using wisdom, but you're using wisdom to figure out so many various ways for people to get God's vision. Right, let's look here at 2 Peter chapter 1. 2 Peter chapter 1. This is somewhat of a, a familiar scripture here at the church because we use it quite often. 2 Peter chapter 1. This passage is an emphasis in the, uh, the upcoming book. It's going to be complete uh, rendezvous with yourself. But this, this passage here is uh, finding you in the midst of them. So, um, but uh, let's look here at, we'll start here at verse 3. It says, according as his divine power has given unto us all things, keyword, all things that pertain to life and godliness. So, so again, Sometimes we think we're cheated, but if it doesn't pertain to life and godliness, God is not responsible to give you that, all right? That's, that's something you want, but that's not within his job description, right? All things that pertain to uh, life and godliness, it says, through the knowledge of him that has called us to glory and virtue, whereby are given to us exceeding great, look, look, look. Look at these adjectives, exceeding great and precious promises, that by these you might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. All right? So, so God's goal, a part of that vision is anybody that's going to be a leader in his kingdom, a part of that is to, to participate in exceeding great and precious promises, right? Be partakers of his divine nature. Right? So God doesn't want to leave us in, uh, uh, Trina's been teaching on the two natures, right? In the old nature, he wants us to cross over to the new divine nature, right? Be partakers. Look, look, the thought is having escaped the corruption that is in the world through what? Lust. So, so again, a solid leader in the kingdom, the thought is, is to get that person to escape because they're trapped. If you're in lust, you're trapped, right? Amen? All right, good. Just make sure we all hear. All right, so it says, and look, look, and besides this, besides everything we just read, right, giving all diligence, right? So this is besides everything you just read, 
Given all diligence, add to your faith. So it's not enough just to have faith, right? Virtue. To virtue, knowledge. To knowledge, temperance, right? You know, the fruit of the Spirit. Trina was talking about the fruit of the Spirit recently, right? And it says, and to temperance, patience. And to patience, godliness. It says godliness after it listed all those other things, right? It says, and to godliness, brotherly kindness. So brotherly kindness is in addition to all those other things, right? It says in the brotherly kindness, charity, love. So it, it gives you, it's a separate category, right? Sometimes we're just doing one of these things, but this is the list, right? It says, for if these things, verse 8, be in you. So, so, so now if I have all these things, I'm good. But look, it doesn't say I just have to have them. It says and abound. So they have to remain in me. So, so he's, he's already saying that I can walk in some of these things temporarily, but that don't mean they're going to re- I got to do what it takes to keep them in me. They have to be a part of my default. Does that make sense? It says, it says so for if these things be in you and abound, they make you that ye shall neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Right? It says, but he that lacketh these things, look, all these things we just listed, is blind. So if I walk up to you and say, you know, the challenge right now is you're just blind. You can't see. You're a leader that's supposed to be a visionary, but you can't see. I can see. Let's go through the list. See, because the list is determining your sight not how you feel. Right? We good? Amen? Amen. Good. It says, but, if you, but he that lacketh these things is blind, look, and cannot see afar off, and has forgotten that he was purged from the old sins, which is the old man, right? So it says the person that's blind is walking as if he's walking in the old things, but don't realize, no, you were purged from that. You're supposed to be walking in the new nature, the divine nature, right? And if you're walking in the old nature, you're blind. You can't see it far off. That's when people are depressed. That's when they're on medications. That's when they're frustrated because they've lost sight of what God wants them to see, right? It's a a leader taking people in circles. That's when you hear the blind leading the blind, right? If I'm leading people to follow me, I'm going to lead them in circles. I was watching this movie, and, and the, the young man was uh, 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 blind. So his dad, he, he always wanted to drive. He, 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 uh, he accomplished a lot of odds. He got through a lot of odds. Uh, I'm, I'm going to reference the movie. But uh, so, he, so, so he put him on a tractor. The mom came and said, what are you doing? He said, no, nah, he's good. And the kid was on the tractor, and he set it to a certain setting. He was just going around the circles. <laughs> he was just going around the circles. Why? Because he's blind. But if he wasn't blind, you think he would have been going around in circles? So a lot of times we're going around in circles because we're blind. We can't see it far off. We've lost our ability to see. The Amplifier says this. That person is blind, short-sighted, closing his spiritual eye to the truth. So when we, when we take on these characteristics, we close our spiritual eye to the truth. We don't even want to see the truth. The truth is what? It freezes, don't it? Amen? Amen? <laughs> Come on, y'all. Stay with me. All right, so, so a, a leader in God's kingdom is a visionary, right? Not only that, a leader in God's kingdom operates in consideration of the whole. Operates in consideration of the whole. That's why our feelings get, get in the way. 
Because our feelings only have us considering how we feel in the moment, what we see in a moment. A lot of times we'll look through even the Scripture through the lenses of our feelings and not through the lenses of the Holy Spirit, right? And then we kind of try to bend them towards, you know, what we're doing, right? Does that make sense? Amen? Good. Hallelujah. It says, so, so one of the keys to being approved or chosen in God's kingdom, because the Bible says many are called but few are chosen, right? In Matthew, or was that, 22, 14, right? So one of the keys to being chosen is allowing our eyes to be enlightened. Allowing our eyes to be enlightened. The Scripture says in Ephesians 1.18 that the eyes of… Paul was praying, right? He says, I pray that the eyes of your understanding will be enlightened. So he's saying that there, there's, a, there's a natural sight you have in the outer man, but there's a spiritual sight you have in the inner man, and I'm praying for the eyes that's going to help you to see what God's doing to be in life. If you depend on the natural eye, it's going to play tricks on you. You're going to be hallucinating, right? It's going to show you stuff, but it's, going to, it's not going to show you what's in the blind spot. So Paul said, man, instead of me trying to wrestle with you, trying to convince you, harass you, I'm going to pray for you. And this is what I'm going to pray, that the eyes of you understand to be in life. Because there's something you're not seeing. Remember, uh, uh, Jesus was coming through the town, um, and, uh, and, and, and the, the guy says, Lord, Lord, heal me. So he prayed for him. He says, what do you see? I see men in the streets. He's like, ah, oh, uh, you're still a little blurry right now. So he, so he had to zap him again, right? When he zapped him again, he saw clearly, right? So it's like he was coming into focus. He was blind. He went from blind to blur, and he went from blur to clear vision. See, sometimes we're still blind. Remember, uh, 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 so you have Elijah was with Gehazi, and Elijah kept, because he had clear vision, he was seeing what the king was doing before he was doing it. See, a good leader is anticipating what the enemy is doing. So they're not worried about what the enemy is doing. So he was telling the king, oh, no, you, you move the troops here, move the troops there. And so the other king is like, how do they know we, where we're going to be all the time? Oh, they got a man of God with them. He's telling them stuff that you're thinking about in your bed. Oh, he was like, oh, we're going out about this battle all wrong. We're going after the army. We need to go after the man of God. And so they bring their whole, all their armies against one man. <laughs> and so Gehazi said, oh, well, Master, we, we were about to die. He said, no, no, don't worry about them. There's more to be with us than with them. So the, all these armies are coming at the Second Kings 6. It's a little audible. But all these armies coming at them, and the man of God didn't flinch. He didn't panic. He didn't plan it because it looked like sickness came on uh, somebody in their life. He didn't panic because debt started screaming. No, whatever army came at him, he was chilling because he saw, oh, there's more to be with us than be with them. When debt came, the army of debt showed up. Oh, oh we, we have spiritual blessings in heavenly places. <laughs> like, no, 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 we good. Bad, bad, we good. You know what I'm saying? Like, or, 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 or when sickness and disease come, oh, no, no, no. By his stripes, we're healed. There's more to be with us. See, we think if we feel panicky, if we start to cry, that's going to change the situation. All we're saying is the, the, what you see has, has a greater effect on you, what you see in your, in, in, with your natural eye, than what God is trying to show you with your spiritual eye. That's all we're saying. Oh, my God. You know, we, we get all emotional, 
do you see what God sees? And that's what the man of God said. And then he said, open his eyes, Lord, that he may see. I guarantee you, Gehazi was like, what are you talking about? I can see, I see, I'm looking right at the army. But when his eyes opened, he saw chariots roundabout. He saw what was going on in the spirit realm at the same time of what was trying to attack them in the natural realm. You see what I'm saying? Like, like there's more going on than what you see. But see, a, a leader really sees that. So, so that's why if we, if, we, if we just lean to our own understanding or to the practical knowledge we have, we'll never see what God's doing. Right? When you can't see what God's doing, people stumble all over themselves. So, so this is, this, as we go through this teaching, we're talking about kingdom leadership. We're talking about the reality of leadership. So we're talking about the real holdup, not, you know, you know, I showed up uh, 17 Sundays in a row. Man, you should, I remember when Jesus told the person, well, all the things that you did, you should have been doing. So I'm not telling you not to do that, but it's something you're missing, right? So we should be doing those things. You ain't doing God, we ain't doing God no favors, Right? But there's something we need to be doing to get in the presence of God so we can see what God is seeing, right? And so we have to become, oh, I'm sorry, I skipped here. Um, one of the keys to being, oh, no, I said that already. Enlightened eyes help us to see what we can't, or should I say what we haven't seen. So enlightened eyes, when you, so you pray for the eyes of the understanding to be enlightened. So enlightened eyes help us to see what we can't see, Right? And or or what we haven't been seeing, so sometimes we we we're, we're we're in panic or we're in worry or we're debating about the things of God or we're questioning God because we can't see. See, this is uh, I, I was sharing this with a, with a couple the other day, and I said, you know, the start when we start looking into this word, we start with something very important: a relationship with God. Because once I start with a relationship with God, I, I remember uh, I was on the corner. I was, I was, I was young. I, was, uh, I, I shared this with somebody this week, too. I was probably seriously into the Word maybe two years. Maybe. I'm trying to be nice. Could have been a year and a half. Guy rolled up on me in the corner. He's like, man, he says, man, I got a book that'll change your life. And, and, you know, I'm a basketball player, peripheral vision. I looked at the book he was trying to hand. It probably said some prophet or something. I said, well, I got a book that, that, that's already changed my life. I carried my Bible everywhere I went. So I had my Bible. Well, I just came from the gym, and I was about to go to work corrections. I had my Bible in my hand because I was catching the bus back then. So I was, hey, I, was, I, was, I was reading the whole time I was on the bus. I always read anytime I had a free moment. So the guy said, oh, you a Christian, ain't you? Well, did, this, did the Bible give it away? What, what was it? And I said, yeah. He says, well, how do you, so you believe in Paul's teachings. So he started breaking down history and all types of stuff. And I said, I said, the stuff that he was breaking down, I never heard before. I said, all I know is this word is true. So let me know where you got this history. I'm going to go study it too. But I wasn't studying to go, oh my God, I was questioning God. I was studying because I was like, oh, there's something missing in what you're telling me because I know this word is true. So I went, why? Because I had a relationship with God. I know God. You see what I'm saying? So if there's something missing, I don't go, I don't question God. I go, I need to find out what I'm not seeing. Does that make sense? Why is it so, so, so I start with a relationship with God. So, so when our eyes are understanding, it helps us to see what we haven't seen. So I go in, like I say, every day I try to find out what I don't know, not try to prove what I do. There's something I don't know. 
If I'm not where I don't want to be, there's something I'm missing. God has already done His job, which we'll get into on Sunday, harmonizing with destiny. So 2 Corinthians 4.18 says, look not on the things that you see with your natural eye, right? Look on the things that you can't see. The things that you see are temporal, subject to change. Anything that manifests in this earth realm is subject to change. If you see debt, it has to submit to change. If you see sickness, it has to submit to change. Guess what? If you see money, it has to submit to change. It's, that's why everything don't last, because it's manifested as to submit to change, right? It says, look on the things you can't see for the eternal. So that means I got to see beyond what's in the natural. I got to see what's in the spirit realm, right? That's why the scripture says in 2 Corinthians 5, 7, walk, we walk by faith and not by sight. What it's saying is we walk by faith means our spiritual lenses, our, the, the, the sight of our inner man, and not by natural sight. Not by the old man's vision, we walk by the new man's vision. Does that make sense? Right? So, 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 we must become whole picture thinkers. If you're going to operate as a leader in anything, even of a family, right, of a team, at a job, ministry, you got, we must become whole picture thinkers. Let's look here at Ephesians 3. Now, interesting enough, Ephesians 1, 18 through 23 is a prayer that I've been praying for years. I learned it from Kenneth E. Hagen Sr., and Ephesians 3 is the other prayer but it'll fit perfectly here what we're talking about. Okay, Ephesians 3, we'll start at verse 14. Ephesians 3, 14. And this is Paul praying. He says, for this cause I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom, look, the whole family, right? Now he breaks down the whole family in heaven and earth is named. The whole family in heaven and earth, remember in Genesis 2, 1, it says God was finished with the heavens and the earth and all the host of them, right? So, so, so we think just, just earth realm, but that's not how God set things up. He set things up heaven on earth. He says, so, so again, that's a whole picture thinker of, of whom the whole family of heaven and earth is named. It says that he will grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might by his spirit in the inner man. Why would we need strength in the inner man? Because it takes strength to see. It's a, it's, it takes strength to see what you can't see, but it also takes strength to see against what you naturally see, right? It says that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, look, being rooted and grounded in love, right? That Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith. So, so this, that's our part. We, ha we need to attach our faith, right? Look at eight. We root and ground love may be able to, so that we may be able what? To comprehend with all saints. What does it say there? What is the breadth, length, depth, and the height? That's the whole picture. That's every aspect. The breadth, length, depth, and the height. That's the whole picture. That we may be able to comprehend the whole picture, be whole picture thinkers. And to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge that we may be filled with all the fullness of God. Not some of God, all the fullness of God, Right? And now, of course, verse 20, I'll just throw that in there. Now unto him who's able to do exceedingly abundantly above all, we can ask to think according to the power that worketh in us. Right? So we have to become whole picture thinkers. What frustrates harmony is individualism. And so, so I'm, I'm going to hit individualism from a different angle, you know, because sometimes we, we want to take it out of context. Please 
embrace the context in which I'm communicating. You know, um, you know cause you, you have to live in certain uh, aspects of your life not to be manipulated. You have to think for yourself, right? That's not what I'm talking about. I'm saying when you're part of a family, you're part of a team, you're part of the body, when you start to lean to your own understanding and start to think like an individual when you're supposed to be a part of the whole, that frustrates harmony. You have, you have, a, you have a team singing, one person's on their own note. They're on their individual note. That's going to throw off harmony, right? You have a, 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 a church flowing. The Scripture says there was on one mind and one accord. They were saying the same things. The Holy Spirit came in because they were in agreement. But suppose somebody wanted to think different. Suppose somebody wanted to leave the upper room, and Jesus said, go to the upper room and wait in Jerusalem for the power of the Holy Ghost, right? So, so, so agreement is big. Or in the, or in the marriage, one person wanted to do their own thing. They don't, want to, they don't want to flow with the vision of God, right? That frustrates uh, harmony. The freelance, the solo, anybody that's apart from the whole is going to frustrate harmony. Genesis 2.18 is that, look, uh, and we talked about this in the first mention class, it's got, God first introduced man. After all the animals and everything was made, he's like, you know, there was no, nobody made for man. He says, it's not good for man to be alone. Why? Because we'll lean to our own understanding, right? We can deceive ourselves. You know, Proverbs 3 says, don't lean to your own understanding. I, 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 I always, they're cousins to me. I, if I talk about Genesis 2, leaning, uh, uh, it's not good to be alone, I'm always going to talk about Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. I'm always going to talk about, these are audibles, but I'm also going to talk about James 1, 19, right? Or James 1, 19 through 24. And I'm always going to talk about 2 Timothy 2, 24 and 25. Like, because we can lean to our own understanding, we can deceive ourselves, and, and we can oppose ourselves and have to be recovered from ourselves. That's Scripture. Remember we talked about in the class context, can, can, can we parallel the Scriptures? So I, I started in Genesis. I can walk you through. The prodigal son had to come to himself, right? You know, he's like he had to wake up and realize, dude, get back, on, the, get back on, the, on track. Get back on the program, right? So that's why it's not good to, to get caught up and, 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 um, and, and wander away from the harmony of the body, right? So, so ministry is about the body. We, 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 uh, Ms. Lamar did uh, discipleship class, uh, uh, survival kit, the thumb is one body. Before Trina got into the two natures, we talked about one body. So ministry is about the body. That's why the scripture says in Hebrews 10, 25, don't forsake the assembling of the saints, right? Don't forsake the assembling of the saints. See, because we all have a piece of this vision that I'm talking about. And so, so let's say, so if you can use your imagination for right now, so if you look at my hand, right? Um, if I place this hand, or if you place your hand anywhere in the world, anywhere in the world, anywhere, anywhere in this room, anywhere in the world, apart from your body, right? It'll start to atrophy, right? It'll start to die, right? It, it loses this fulfillment of purpose because my hand is not designed to be in that drawer. My hand is not designed to be sitting in that seat. Apart from my body, my hand, my hand is not at the house while I'm here. I better rush to that house before that hand dies or I die. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? 
Like it needs, its value is connected to the body. Now we may take this hand for granted, just like we take our pinky toe for granted, and our hurt that, hurt that pinky toe. Let's see what see. You understand this value real quick, <laughs> right? I had a dislocated toe when I was in college for the longest. It, it affected my flow. When I you know I go to chiropractor when I go, so I had I had uh, elbow pain from lifting. I found out. I'm going to give this guy props because I, I didn't give him props the other day when I said the guy only lifted 315, but he was close to that weight. Oh, no, he lifted more than that <laughs> yesterday. He was weight. I don't know if he's four or 500. He just kept adding plates. But uh, I asked him a question because he was, me and James, I think, talked about this. He was, was doing, he was doing curls between lifting weights. I was like, well, why are you doing? I said, don't that take away from lifting all that weight? You're doing curls. He said, no, no, no. He says, it helps me to know my form is right. I said, I don't understand. He said, because when I'm doing the bicep curls, I fatigue my biceps. So now my biceps are not in the way of me lifting the way I'm supposed to. I'm not supposed to focus. The biceps aren't supposed to be a part of me bench pressing. It's supposed to, I'm supposed to have a particular form, right? So, so he, was, he was talking about that. I said, oh, so that makes sense. Because one day my elbow, oh, my elbow was hurting bad. So I go to the chiropractor, and I just said it just that, I was like, I'm here to get it back suggested or neck. I said, he says, well, you got any pain in your body? I said, well, my elbow. You know, I'm ready to go. He said, hold on a second. He says, a lot of times when you have trouble in your elbow is because it's your wrist. Your wrist is out of, out of alignment. So he grabs my wrist and adjusts my wrist. I've gone to chiropractor since the 90s. I ain't nobody never adjusted my wrist. You know I have no more elbow pain? So, 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 so they connected. Today he adjusted my ankle because I told him I had knee pain. I don't have any pain in my knee. But he adjusted my ankle, not my knee. What was it? The, what was it? The, the, the elbow bones connected to the, <laughs> what's the little song we used to sing? Yeah, whatever the bones is connected. <laughs> right? But what I'm saying is it's all connected. And that's the thing is we're connected. So sometimes the body of the church is not flowing the way it's flowing because somebody's out of alignment, right? Somebody's out of alignment. So God, what God does is, just like the chiropractor puts things back in alignment, he has leaders that can hear and see his vision to say, hey, 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 no, 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 you're, you're out of alignment. Not, not to, you go over there. person don't even know why they're going. No, it's just, hey, 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 you out of alignment. Let me show you how you fit and how you'll flow better. These blessings will flow through you because these blessings are designed within this, this body to flow a certain way. You outside the body, you don't get the blessings. And I just want you to experience the blessings too. Since God set the members in a body as it pleased him. Right? We know that by our body. Nobody had a choice in in. in in, you know, your big lip or your eyes being a certain way or the type of hair you have, right? Right? Is that true? You, it, it, didn't, you, it wasn't conveyor belt. And you got, no, oh, no, uh, you would definitely not get me no dark skin. Give me that light-skinned person right there. You didn't have a choice, right? Came out light, bright, almost white, right? It's, I think about somebody every time I say that. It's, it's, it, that's in this room. All right, so, so Romans 12. Let's go to Romans 12. 
Just jokes, just jokes, y'all, just jokes. All right, so uh, verse 4 and 5. This is a survival kit uh, memory scripture, right? It says, for, all, for as we have many members in one body, and all members have not the same office, not the same responsibility, so we being many are one body in Christ, and every member one of another. That means they're all connected. They all need each other. We all need each other, right? But, but in our mind, we think, now, I, I'm, I got my business, and I could do things different. It doesn't work that way. Right? And this is what happens is we're losing sight, right? So, so we're supposed to be one body in Christ and connected. We're connected to the pieces. How could I say it? When we come together, when God sets us in the body, when he brings us to a house or, or whatever in his body, we're connected to the pieces that show us what we can't see on our own. Everybody has a piece to help us to reveal something we can't see. We learn this when we get married. Even though we kick and scream and we fight, somebody starts to question or go, you going to do that that way? And you go, what's wrong with you? There's nothing wrong with them. They're showing you what you can't see on your own. Instead of you embracing a new way of looking at things and doing things, you're trying to convince the person that you're okay. No, you're not. That's why God sent you somebody to show you what you can't see. When you come to a house or a church, you, you, you know, how many of us, you know, yeah, I'm, I'm going to do this ministry. I'm going to add this ministry. What, what were you telling people? Because you've learned so much. That means you were, you, you were just telling people based on what you felt. Right? So you're, you're, you're eventually they was going to stumble because there was something missing. But it's not to put you down. It's to say, hey, hey, remember what Apollos? They pulled him aside and says, hey, we, we want to show you, uh, uh, well, I'm going to say more excellent way, but, but, Man, you, you had the right intent, but there's still some stuff missing. But you, did you see Apollos go, what you trying to say? No, Apollos is like, hey, g- cool. I just want to <laughs> hey, represent Christ. But he wasn't fighting nobody. So they, were, they, they saw clearer than Apollos. And they wanted to show him what he couldn't see. And he embraced it. Imagine if we did that. <laughs> Right? Instead of fighting for, uh, fighting for what we can't see. So, so this is what happens. Like in that scripture in Second Peter, it talked about how lust and, and, and emotions can cloud us from seeing. Cloud us from seeing how we're supposed to fit in a hole. How we're supposed to harmonize with God's vision. See, the challenge is the cloud is, is the clouded instead of in consideration of the whole. The clouded is consideration of the peace only what's presently in front of their face. They're, they're, they're not thinking about the whole. And, and, and you ever like realize you get humbled and you realize I need to do some things different. So you do a piece of something different and then you snap back to doing what you was doing before when the coast is clear. Well, the coast ain't always clear. It's just, you know, you feel like a statute of limitations. Enough time is going by. I can go back to doing what I want to do anyway. I've, 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 I've did a good job of presenting myself like I'm really all in. No, 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 God is not playing. All in is all in. <laughs> That's what all in is, right? And so, so, so the whole can be overwhelming and not welcomed if it's an interruption. The whole, when, it's, when it really comes, when you start to see the whole picture, it can be overwhelming. And it could be somewhat of an interruption 
right, not welcomed when it shows up surprisingly. So God is trying to get clear our mind so we see it coming. The scripture talks about be also ready, right? He wants us to see it in advance, but some of the things that we live to do, we've been doing it for so long, we, already, we should know all that stuff is doing is blinding us. I was talking to somebody and uh, they, they were participating in the vice, okay. So I'll just pick something. I'll pick, uh, somebody want to pick a vice? Drinking, probably the obvious one. Let's say drinking and smoking. So, so as the person was talking, and you know, we have a transparent relationship, so they was like, yeah, well, I do this, whatever the vice is. And so, and they was like, well, you know, not necessarily hurt nobody, uh, helps me to be relaxed or whatever the case may be. I said, yeah, I said, but uh, do you see clear? They was like, huh? I said, I said, very few people think about these things in terms of it's, it's uh, creating blind spots. And the person wasn't fighting. They was like, I never thought about that. I, I'm not even looking from the angle of blind spots. It's the, it's the most subtle thing the adversaries had. Since we're not focusing on seeing what we can't see, because if you can't see it, you don't miss it, right? But that doesn't mean you don't need it. So we make decisions not to make sure we're at our optimal level of vision. We just make decisions based on what looks like it's harmful or not on the outside. But if you can't see, people are following you. If you're a parent, they're following you. If you're a leader, they're following you. So when you say, I'm not hurting nobody, you haven't seen the hurt yet. That don't mean you ain't hurt nobody. Because somebody's following you on that path and it's a blind path because you are not seeing everything. So, is it worth risking your sight? Do we ask ourselves that? See, that's why I don't do stuff. Man, it's not about if I like it or not. I, I, I don't do it because I want to see. I want to be as sober as possible. Sound, clear thinking mind. I don't need all those other considerations. I need to see God's vision because I have I've been afforded, me and my wife, we've been afforded to serve great people, even if they don't see their greatness yet. But I ain't got no time to be like, well, since I don't see greatness, I'm not responsible for it. No, I'm still, we're still responsible. So we got to see clearly because as you wake up, you're going to be asking questions, you're going to be trying to find your fit, and we better be able to see what we're seeing. You see what I'm saying? It's the same thing as you as parents. You know those kids going to wake up, right? They're going to wake up from from their enablement, they're going to wake up from you spoiling them, they're going to wake up for you not challenging them, and the first thing they're going to say is you had an opportunity to do what's best for me, and you did what was comfortable for you. I know this. I was one of those kids that woke up, got on my, fam my family's nerve. They wake up. Will you be woke when they wake up? Right? And so, 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 uh, 1 Corinthians 12, you always hear Minister Lamar uh, referring to closing rank, right? I'm sure you've heard that a thousand times. You know, we, it's like you've heard uh, deny yourself, take up your cross and follow him, right? From, 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 from the other Anderson, right? Right, so you've heard, you know, you've been around a, a guy talk or anything. And we got closed ranks, closed ranks, right? All right, so let's look at 1 Chronicles 12, verse 33. 
First Chronicles. I said First Corinthians first time. Was the C and the R in here? I just, nah, I just my my bad, my bad. First Chronicles twelve. I'm at First Chronicles twelve. See, if you could see, you would have been flowing in the gifts, and you would know what I meant, right? All right, so First Chronicles twelve, and we're gonna lock in on verse thirty-three. Gonna lock in on verse thirty-three. It says this. It says, and. It says, of Zebulon, such as went forth to battle, expert in war, and with all, and with all instruments of war, 50,000, which, so, so, so these, these people went with this leader. It says, expert in war, with all instruments of war, 50,000, which could keep rank, they were not of a double heart. So he was going to war, and the people selected wasn't just people that could shoot, they could keep rank. See, if I'm overwatch, I'm responsible to make sure while you navigating, if somebody shows up that you can't see, I'm at a, a higher position. I can see, hey, hey, there's one behind you, but I got him. Tag. Oh, hey, 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 keep on going. Oh, wait, wait, don't go yet. Tag. Now you can advance. So I'm seeing what you can't see in my position. But let's say I, I get antsy. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. They're going to get him. And I leave my position to go help you. So I help one at the expense of the whole team because I'm in a position to see the whole picture. So I got to keep rank. I got to stay in my lane, right? I got to understand what my lane is. I got to stay in my lane. So it says not a double heart. You can't be double-minded and be flowing as a leader in God's kingdom. It's just not going to work, right? You got to be able to stay, stay in your lane, keep rank. Right? And then let's go to verse 38 here. It says, all these men of war, look, it says it again, that could keep rank. Look, look, and then look at this, came with a perfect heart to Hebron to make David king over all Israel and all the rest also of Israel were of one heart to make David king. David wasn't just the leader be, just because David, God had already anointed him as leader, but the people had to be in agreement. They had to be of one heart. They couldn't be double-minded. You, you understand what I'm saying? Like they had to, they, they were able to keep rank. They were not of a double heart. They needed one heart to recognize and follow their king. They need to be of one heart to recognize and follow their king. Right? See, the double-minded can't follow. Because they're all over the place. They're stuck in questions when they should be flowing. Scripture says a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. So, so, so you got somebody that know how to uh, break down and, and, and put together a rifle. Super marksman. Extremely talented. But that person is not selected to go with nobody because he's double-minded. He, he has a tendency to get out ahead of the team. There's another guy who has a tendency to be behind the team. Because they're lazy, they're not disciplined, they're not consistent, they're never on time. That's a double heart. Because when something is important to us, we're on time. We're on time for that game. We're on time to get that money. Person say, hey, 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 we got a check waiting for you. It's a $100,000 check and uh, we'll be here at nine. But we gotta go, we, we can only be here at nine. You there at 8.30, eight o'clock. You probably there at six, you probably slept overnight. 
So why, so do you understand what God has for you is more than a $100,000 check? But, but, but we're casual with God. When we decide, I can miss this today, for what? Are we saying we have everything we need? You see what I'm saying? Like we do these things and we're double-minded. We all in sometimes and sometimes we're not. So that we, God can't select that person because they're inconsistent. No, no, I, I've been consistent for the last five months. God's looking at the whole picture. You got to be a whole picture thinker. Whole picture thinker is never offended because they're looking at the whole picture. They're not just looking at what's in front of their face, right? The Scripture says, can, can two walk together unless they be agreed? You got to be, we talked about agreement in a relationship boot camp. You can't, me, me and my wife, we got to be in agreement, man. We can't just be rolling any old kind of way. We can't lead this church if we're not in agreement. And if, despite what people think, we are talking about everything. Like, this ain't the old school. Well, I'm not going to dog out old school because it's probably old, new school, last school, uh, last week's school. But, but <laughs> I can't, can't go for all these different schools. But I say we, we roll together. You hear me? You hear her. You hear her? You hear me. So she's, she's not, I mean, they're, they're uh, uh, just work, walk, working on things for uh, uh, if they're going to do va- vacation Bible school or, uh, uh, what is it, the uh, after-school program, stuff like that. We see you just saying today, hey, we need to sit down just so I can, you know, FYI, let you know what we're doing. You ain't just doing stuff. If I'm doing stuff, hey, baby, I'm talking about doing such and such. Like, we roll, we, we got to be in agreement. Hey, I was thinking about doing this. What do you think? Even if I, I told you the other day, even if I think I know what I'm talking about, give me your impact. She'll say something, I'll like, say, I ain't thinking about that one. <laughs> Or she'll be thinking about doing something. I say, well, I want you to, I, I don't say we ain't doing that because of this. I said, baby, I want you to consider these things. You okay with these considerations? Hey, go for it. She goes, no, nah, I ain't thinking about that. We ain't doing that. We roll together, right? Got to be in agreement. See, that's what's affecting households, businesses, teams, and ministries. Everyone has a different picture they're playing off of. That's what's affecting things. And they're not honest about their picture. See, the thing is, we, we love people, man. We've been played and betrayed because we love people and we want to put people in position to be in power. But God sees people. We may love people. We may be not see everything because we're doing a thousand things, but God does. And God, is, God will cause that person to fall before we promote them. God will cause that person to leave before we promote them. You know why? Because God is looking at their heart. He said, God is saying, they're not playing off my picture. Keep this ain't y'all church, it's mine. I, that's pre- I appreciate you like them. But, but, but I'm going to allow something to happen so you can see their heart. You see what I'm saying? So, so, so it's not personal. And that's the interesting thing. When we're not harmonizing with God's vision and people are playing off of so many different things, they unravel quite easily. Their lack of service and avoidance of preparation prevents them from being weaved in tight. Remember I did the thing where I gave you a picture of a tapestry where all, everything was weaved in tight. Well, people aren't weaved in tight when they're leaning to their own understanding. They, hey, you know, you know when something's not weaved in tight, you can just pull that one string and the whole thing unravel, right? Right? So God wants us weaved in tight. So God begins with the whole picture. So if I'm, a, if, I'm a, if I'm a leader in the kingdom, 
I'm, I'm, I'm a visionary. I'm playing off of God's whole picture, not just what's in front of my face. Right? So the scripture says in Isaiah 46.10, God declared the end from the beginning. Right? And, and so, so, and some of the stuff will... Uh, some of the stuff we're going to weave into talking about uh, harmony with destiny on Sunday. But God declared in from the beginning. The Bible says God requires that which has already been. So, and that's Ecclesiastes 3.15. So, here, so, so a lot of times we, we hear that scripture, he requires that which has already been. So that means he's already done it, right? He's declaring the end from the beginning. That means he's already done it, right? It's a blueprint. It's what I desire but you have choice to follow that path, which we'll talk about Sunday, so I'm not going get to get into all of that. But, I, but I'm saying it today to say God begins with the big picture. He starts, so every, you know, we, we, we learned this in um, Bible school on Saturday. Every word and seed is equipped with its finished whole. Every word and seed is equipped with its finished whole, its truth, its final reality. See, see, that, that acorn is equipped with its whole. You know what its whole is? The oak tree. That caterpillar is equipped with its whole. You know what its whole is? A butterfly. You see what I'm saying? It has its truth, its final reality within the seed. That sperm, you know what it's equipped with? A child, a man, or whatever. You, you understand? It's already in. It's engineered in. So when God finished, he finished with the seed, but he can't make us do what it takes to nurture the seeds to manifest into the finished product. Sometimes we're so lean to our own understanding, we'll comfort the seed where it's at, and it'll never flourish. God has placed things in us. We're comforting, we're comforting stuff at the level it is at when we're supposed to allow it to grow, right? We're supposed to give it what it needs to grow, not give it what it needs to stay comfortable as a seed. You see what I'm saying? So Genesis 1.1, in the beginning, God created the heavens and earth. Genesis 2.1, God was finished with the heavens and earth and all the hosts of them. John 19.30, Jesus says, it is finished. What he's saying is, I did my part. We'll talk about this Sunday, but he said, I did my part. See, the visionary understands their part. They see clearly what they're supposed to do, and they complete their assignment. L- listen, so, 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 so I played basketball, and, and I, my, my first passion actually was football. Um, I played baseball, all these different positions, everybody had their part. You have to, you have to play your part. If I, when I play shortstop, so I have a part. I have, I'm filling a gap, right? If I'm out of place and they hit the ball a certain way, because a lot of times they would, they would try to stand a certain way and they, they would try to create some, some action to get you to move out of position. Sometimes they would keep hitting the ball a certain place. You know, their strategy, we're going to keep hitting the ball. We're going to keep hitting the ball to the second base side. So I lean more to the second base side. And then the coach is doing all this stuff, which if you don't play baseball, you don't know what he's doing. But what he's saying is, man, hit that thing right down the shortstop side. Because we done made this dude lean so much on this side because you're a left-hander. Now we're going to hit it right down his hole because he's out of position. So everybody has a, has, a, has a spot and a place. Same thing with football. Play your position. You, you, you running just to prove you could tackle, and you left your position. So, so, so what they did was they ran a play misdirection. They ran this way to get you over here. So 
so they could throw it over here. One of my good friends, I won't say your name, but you know who you are, uh, they, they, they were in a position to win a national championship. Quarterback jumps back, looks this way to get the guy to go that way, and he throws the ball this way. One play, within a few seconds, they lost the national championship. All because the person looked one way. That's what the adversary does. He's trying to get us out, out of position, right? So, 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 so God did his part. He said his finish. Jesus, Jesus came and did his part. He said his finish. He, he finished his part in God's whole picture. He wasn't saying everything's finished because we got a part, right? He stayed in harmony with God's will unto death. Do you understand that? He, he stayed kept rank unto death. No matter what the circumstance, no matter how it looked, no matter how much he beat, I'm going to stick to what God told, told me to do. I'm going to play my part. I'm not going to be, hey, you doing your part? That's not my job. My job is to play my part. I'm fearfully and wonderfully made for my part, my piece. Interesting, I didn't plan this, but this connects to Sunday. So he kept all, remember he said, I kept all that was given to me, except for one, Judas. Right? He says, he, he said, look, so, so, so look at this, look at this. Paul says, I finished my, my course, I kept the faith, right? Again, this is going to connect. So what he's saying is, I, I saw clearly what God wanted me to do, and I did my part. I'm good. Paul didn't say, I did everything. He said, I did what God designed me to do. I didn't get distracted because other people did more, other people did less. I'm, I'm the heart. I didn't get distracted because the face get all FaceTime. The face get adorned. Face get makeup, right? The face get looked at more than any part of the body. Nobody never looks at me. Every once in a while for an x-ray. So sometimes I attack the body just so I can get somebody to look at me. <laughs> right? But that's a heart not playing its role. Your role is not to be looked at. When you looked at, something's wrong. Some of us, when you looked at, something's wrong. You're not supposed to be looked at. Your vital part is to keep right, play your role. Your role is the heart. You're essential and not seen. Well, a lot of times you jumping to be seen, you ain't playing your role. You ain't keeping rank. You ain't supposed to be seen. Stay out of the way. Play your role. You'll get your reward. Just play your role, right? Right? So, so, so the Scripture tells us, it says, uh, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God through the pulling down of strongholds, Right? Then it says, casting down all imaginations, every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God, and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ Jesus. Right? 2 Corinthians 10, 3 through 5. But then verse 6 says, having the readiness. So it didn't stop after it says, casting down imagination. It didn't stop after it told you, your weapons are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down the strongholds. You got to see the strongholds. You can't see the strongholds if you're blind. If you're blind, you're going to wrestle against what your natural eyes see when you're supposed to be wrestling against what your spiritualizing. You're trying to, you're trying to kill the, the weed just cutting off the little flower, the little dandelion flower, instead of getting it at the root, right? He says, our weapons are not carnal, not fleshly. Get your, stop using your hands for what they weren't purposed to do. 
right? So he says, he says all this, then he says, having the readiness to avenge all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled, right? So he's saying that, like, like so, so there's a rank. You, you have a part to play. Remember, in, uh, we was talking about interpreting scriptures, the part is in the consideration of the whole. The whole is in consideration of the part. Remember when we said, when we were talking about the context principle, the part is in consideration of the whole, right? So the part value is in the whole. The whole's value is all the parts. So, every, so every, every, everybody need each other, right? So the part can't just be sitting around like, ah, I got to consider the whole. The whole can't be going, it's more of me than you. Yeah, but I need your part. Matter of fact, remove all the parts, I, there is no hope. Does that make sense? Right, so, 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 so that's why we have to uh, be visionaries as leaders because that clarity facilitates liberty. Clarity facilitates liberty. We're bound because we can't see with our spiritual eyes, right? And so, so the Scripture tells us who builds a house and don't count the cost, right? And it talks about, you know, you don't, you don't build a house, count, who goes out to war and don't see if you have enough troops to win, right? But we do that a lot in life because we're not considering the whole. We're considering what's in front, we're, how we feel. You know how many people have lost battles based on how they feel? How many people have crashed businesses, ministries, relationships based on how they feel? Because they didn't, cons- they didn't take the time to consider the whole. See, feelings only consider the moment. But that inner man says, oh, hold on a second. Let's maybe, let's check out the whole picture. There's stuff that we're not considering. It's in consideration of the whole. That's why we do courtship, premarital, and stuff like that, not to disqualify folk. Let's go in, not just with the whole, but going with the tools to, to, to navigate when things come up. And, and, and we understand how people don't feel that they need courtship and premarital because you don't miss what you can't see. Right? But then you end up having to deal with it after you let your feelings get you in a situation where now you need counsel. In some cases, people are so prideful, they don't want to say they blew it, so they ain't going to talk about it. As opposed to just humbling yourself and say, you know, I thought I didn't need some help on this one, but I did. Right? Right? Amen! <laughs> right? So, so, so we notice that 1 Corinthians 12, 18, God set the members in the body as it pleases him, right? So that's talking about the whole picture. So we're given this family inside of his body, right? We're given this family inside of his body. And what happens is these, this, this, this family, this whole picture, all these pieces, they show us our blind spots, our rear, or what's out ahead. So a lot of times God places us in the body for us to have to be able to be aware of the considerations that we wouldn't consider on our own, right? And so, and the, and the reason why you won't consider it, you can't see it because you're in it. You can't see it because you're in it. You can't see it because you're in it, right? And so, so it's not like you're incompetent, you're in it. It's, it's like you're unaware by default of being submerged in something that you can't see while you're submerged in it. So God sings people outside of it that are not affected by the, the are not clouded by the feelings because they're not directly affected, and they go, oh, no, no, you just do this right here, right? 
And so, so you have to trust what you've been afforded, right? Uh, let's do this real quick. Let's do uh, Ty. If you can come up here real quick. And just stand right there. Face, face, face the audience. Just, just look right here, face the audience. And what do you see? And what did I do? No, seriously. Seriously, what did I do? Okay. All right, so James, what's happening behind this dude? You ain't see that? Why didn't he see it? Now, now we're all in the same position. Everybody in the same position, right? We're all in this building, right? Right? But you guys see stuff that he can't see. That was happening behind him in his blind spot. In In the same vantage point that he's in, the people on the outside at a different vantage point can see something he can't see. That's what's happening in our lives. Right now, there's something in your blind spot you can't see. Not, Ty's not incompetent. We have blind spots. There's a vent. If he was looking in the mirror right now, there's some stuff he wouldn't be able to see, depending on the mirror he was looking at. If he had, if he had like a lot of us look at the little mirror, just this part this is all we want to see. He definitely wouldn't see what I placed on the floor, right? That's what's happening in our lives. We don't realize there's, di- there's dimensional angles in which we see. Thanks, Ty. Appreciate that, sir. Uh, uh, Ephesians 3, 18 and 19. Take a few more minutes here. It says, uh, I'm going to read the Amplified. It says that you may have the power, that you may have the power and be strong, be strong. Now, this is a part of the strength to apprehend and grasp with all the saints, God's devoted people. So, so, so I'll be able to process the saints, God's devoted people, the experience of that love from the devoted people. What is the breadth, length, height, and the depth of it? That you may really come to know practically through experience for yourselves the love of Christ, which far surpasses mere knowledge without experience, that you may be, that you may be fulfilled through all your being. So, so in other words, there's things that we'll go through that's going through our entire being. It's not just something that we're talking about. It's something that we're experiencing all through us. Unto the fullness of God may have the richest measure of the divine presence and become a body wholly filled and flooded with God himself. See, again, very few people are flooded with God himself. Very few people have the experience that God has purposed for their lives going through their entire being. That's why you see people coming up here, uh, Trina was up here crying uh, during the class. Well, something was going through her. If you're watching, like, what you crying about? Just finish the point. Because you aren't seeing, you're not experiencing what was going through her being. 
you see some of us excited. Whoa! Why? We're experiencing something going through our being. Some people have faith, and they talk about it so much. You're like, I just need whatever you got. You, you motivate people because something's going through your being. See, a true leader is a visionary. They see something. They're experiencing something going through their being nobody else has. That's what's missing. If you can't fake that, you can't act that, you can't pretend that, you got to be all into his presence to experience that. So, so that's why you, you're talking and you're like, you know, somebody sings and you go, okay, when I sing, how come the, the presence, of, how come the, the atmosphere don't change? Because something's going through their being, it's not going through your being. You're just trying to make sure you sound good with your voice. They're connecting to the heart of God. I don't know, I, I, I share all the time. How come things don't change that way? Because you're trying to prove what you know. Something's going through their being. You understand? They see something when they're communicating. It's real. And see, it's, it, they've experienced something that they're trying to convey with all their heart. Not just trying to prove they know something that they're trying to convince you that they sweet. We talk about this in a spiritual authority class, which we're going to introduce that to the Bible school too. But you, you're communicating out of resurrection. God resurrected me, and, and out of, I, was, I died in his presence. He resurrected me, so when I start talking, it's out of, the, it's out of my resurrection. It's not out of my head. I didn't raise myself. God resur- resurrected me. It's a teaching coming up. So it takes strength to grasp the whole picture. The voice of our flesh called feelings will be tempted to bail out. Every time we're getting close to the whole picture where it's going through our beings, the flesh is going to tempt to bail out. That's why you got to kill that flesh. It's going to bail out because you know what the flesh is going to say? That's too much. It's overwhelming. How many times do we, it's overwhelming. See, I, I just, it's just too much. I just can't figure it out. No, that's the flesh. You got to keep pressing to see it. You got to commit to the dig, right? You got to go beyond your, when you're in on your face, you got you to press through that flesh that wants to get up. That presence of God is trying to saturate that atmosphere. That's why we talk about be quiet in the presence of God. Clear your mind and connect to the presence. Practice his presence, right? He'll flow through your being. You'll start shaking. That prayer that comes out of you in tongues will be at a whole nother level. So I, I'll share this little piece. I'm going to reference this probably in both of the teachings. Uh, but I saw a movie called American Underdog. I'm going to do my best not to tell you the whole movie, but it's going to be very hard. <laughs> Phenomenal movie. I knew about uh, Kurt Warner for years, and I knew he was a Christian. And so when I saw the movie coming out, I wanted to see the movie. But, you know, I'm a budget guy, so, you know, I steward my finances. So I waited until it was in a position where I could see. <laughs> yeah, I didn't see it when it first came out. And so, man, it's, uh, it's a phenomenal movie. I, I think I want to, even though I know it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's an athletic movie, I think my wife would still like it. Right, so I think we should watch it together. Yeah, I think you'll still like it. I think it, even though it's, at, see, that's what fools you. Well, listen, I, I couldn't stop crying. Listen, I, listen, I'm trying to tell you, I just could it, it got me so many times, it was ridiculous, Right. And so, American Underdog. 
And so, so the interesting thing is he went through a lot. I'm just going to say he went through a lot. Uh, hopefully y'all see it before Sunday because if you don't see it before Sunday, I'm just going to end up telling the whole movie. I'll tell you that right now. Because we're talking about harmonizing with destiny. I, I, it's going to be hard for me not to tell you the whole movie. But the guy went through some, some hurdles. Uh, uh, he didn't go through the, the obvious or natural way to end up in the NFL. Um, he went through some stuff that's unbelievable, right? And it didn't look like he ever was going to fulfill his dream. And so he's talking to a coach. I'm just going to blow this part. So he's talking to the coach, and the coach had went through something to become a coach. And so he said, he said you know, as I was going through everything I went through, people were, uh, uh, after a while they were like, well, you kind of behind, you old. Uh, they're trying to throw me to the, you know, Man, this dude ain't going to never do nothing, man. He, he outdated. He this, that, and the other. He says, but what they didn't realize is all these things I went through that made me behind gave me experience. He says that my experience made me ready for what I do now. He said, you went through a lot. Nobody would notice this guy, but he noticed. He says, you went through a lot. You went through stuff that very few people have gone through, and they're telling you you're too old. They're telling you you're slow. He says, but your experiences gives you a vantage point that none of them can have. He says, and your experiences made you prepared for this time. And see, so we're cheating experiences. We're cheating having stuff that, that, that when we're in that position, stuff is going through us our entire being. We're hustling around the very things that's going to have God flowing through the fiber of our being. And when we stand in our position, we're ready. So we're still trying to avoid it. We're still looking at our time. Man, if this dude was looking at his time, he would have never done something that's never been done before in the NFL. And this is the thing. Some of us are cheating moments because we're trying to, well, such and such did this. Well, they look like they're doing that. Well, my boy, he doing this more. My girls, they doing this. Well, she got married. They look like they're so happy not knowing to do beating the senseless. Go through, allow God's experience. Be still and know that he's God. That's what the Scripture's saying. When you're still, you, God now flows through your being. You ain't talking from the standpoint of what you heard about or what sounds good. Or you may even believe. You're talking through the reality of what you see because now your eyes have been opened. God is real to you now. He's going through your every being. Every time you open your mouth, it's not, see, I ain't guessing here. I'm not guessing in church. I'm not guessing if God gives me a word to say to you, it goes through my entire being. I can't teach that. I can show you how to get in his face to get it, but I can't teach that. It makes absolutely no sense to a person in the natural, because the natural man can't understand the things of God, nor can he discern them for they're spiritually discerned. But it flows through my entire being. Yes, I'm not, by nature, I'm not insecure. I don't have any problem with empowering people. But you know what else helps? I see clearly what God is trying to do. I see clearly what we're purposed to do. And I know clearly can't nobody do what, what we're purposed to do, just like can't nobody do what you purpose to do. So, so somebody pop up, they got skills. That don't change what God showed me. Because it's flowing through my being. 
But if somebody pop up that got skills and it's not flowing to my being, I'm going to be intimidated. I'm going to sabotage. I'm going to point out the negative things they do. And I'm going to think the pastor don't see. Because they don't see what the pastor sees. They don't see what Pastor Mel sees. And they're going, I don't understand what the delay. I presented myself well. I have a great resume. God, if, if God's flowing through your beings, oh, it'll shake me up so much. Woo! Like when I come around you, all I sense is the presence of God. But when I come around you and all I sense is you, your head, oh, it's funky. You need some spiritual deodorant. Right, do you understand what I'm saying? Like, like so, so the, the, to cross over in the kingdom leadership, it's going to start with being visionaries and really seeing what God's seeing. So you got to really give yourself. You got to present yourself as a living sacrifice. You got to get in God's face. Um, you got to embrace his process. See, 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 you keep stopping to say, are, are we there yet? Are we there yet? Man, just embrace the process, man. Then, 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 then the other thing is comparison. Embrace your process. Stop comparing. The other thing is, uh, well, I'll step into make my next step when the coast is clear. Man, take the step. Be obedient. This is the kingdom of God. It's, it, it's, it's faith activated. Just like those doors when you walk into now are motion activated, you got to take the step. You can keep standing looking at that door all day. It ain't open until you take a step. It's motion activated. The things God has for us is motion activated, faith activated. Not, I've calculated the situation, I've analyzed it, and it looks like it meets my approval. Yeah, but does it meet God's approval? See, you're paralyzed because you're afraid of faith. We would never do nothing. We wouldn't even be in Charlotte. If, if everything had to be lined up perfect, keeping it real, we wouldn't be married. On a real. Now, maybe it could be because of her, uh, everything wasn't lined up with what she was looking for, or everything wasn't lined up with what I was looking for. It wasn't about lineup. It was about what went through our being. That's what happened. At the altar, man, that bolt of power went through my being. That's what got my attention. I didn't see her. I was praying. I had my head down, looking at the—I wasn't even looking for nobody. I'm not trying to have sex till I get married. I ain't show up at church scouting. Got to be some honeys up in this piece. I wasn't doing that. I was, I was trying to get prayer, double prayer that day. I want to get into God's presence. And lo and behold, trying to get into God's presence, getting a double dose of prayer, God poured into her being and shot through my arm. And did the same thing to her. I, I'm, I'm praying, Tony, you come out here and tell your side of the story. That's her cousin. Because she said, my Pastor Mel went back and was like, my hand is tingling. No, for real. Because how do you explain to somebody what's going through your being and they're not experiencing it? That's what she's trying to do. No, 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 for real. Like, for real. Like, no, no, let me. But what you could tell by the person's reaction, they're like, okay, yeah, right. But she remembered. See, when we tell a story, it just seems like a cute little story. It ain't cute. 
God went, came through our being and brought us together. Do you understand God's trying to come through our being and bring all of us together? If we can, if we can stop playing around and embrace the things of God, we'll see God move like never before. See, if I be lifted, I'll draw them in unto me. Not if I got, you know, if I got a great social media presence. Not if I ran through the neighborhoods and gave out 10,000 flyers. What was they doing back when Dr. Fred Price built a 10,500-seat sanctuary back in the early, late 70s, early now? I don't even know the actual date, but it was way before I started living for God. What was they doing? Wasn't no internet. What do you do? Oh, he's just running, running around neighborhoods, hanging out. Stuff. What, the, social media? Strong social media presence. Great marketing plan. You know, go listen to some of his teachings. You know what his great marketing plan was? Teaching the word uncompromising. If I be lifted, I'll draw them in unto me. That scripture is still true. Oh, so what, I was, what are we going to do, babe? We're going to move out to uh, Charlotte, North Carolina. We'll meet the Andersons, but I got to just show up at work a day that I've never showed up at work so I can meet Zippor. Then I'll give her some time to delay, and hopefully she'll park her car where I think she should park it, and I'll see 1-800-ZIP, and I'll put a flyer on there. And then I'm, I'm hoping she don't come that first week, but then somebody else at the church, somebody else at the job comes to a service that only came the one time and never came again, goes back and tells her about the service and she comes the next week. Then she drags her husband who doesn't want to come to the church because he didn't come first. And so he'll keep hovering around, but he'll keep thinking, well, you know, I've invested in this culture that I'm in and eventually they're going to promote me, which they wasn't. Right? So, so now then he finally comes to the church. Okay, so then he knows uh, his drinking buddies over here, uh, <laughs> or his drinking buddy, his drinking buddy, you just pointed to him, so I could, I could put you out there, but I'm going to let you go on this one because you wasn't drinking, but you was doing other things, right? So, so but we'll just say it's drinking buddy over there, Ed. So, because we know that they're going to connect, right? We know that they're going to connect. And we know that the Baileys are going to just uh, decide to come back to the church that they used to go to and going to join the church. We know all this. We know Amelia's going to travel all the way because we're going we're gonna to hook up Hope, who's connected to Bryce, who actually I had about in my basketball program back when he was a kid. He was a little kid. But I know Bryce is going to go from Ohio helping out as a coach to come to North Carolina to help out as a coach to start talking to Hope it was, uh, and become a member of the church before he goes and he's in Utah now. But I know all that already. We, we, we know all that. We know Jamal and, 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 and his wife. We know Jamal who basically was like, why am I even going here? Was being negative, talking crazy? Yeah, I'm talking about you, Jamal. Talking crazy and everything. But, but, God, he knew, but God knew we was going to be patient as Jamal woke up to see, talked to Joe, and Joe and Courtney would be. As we got all this, I, we, we already knew this was going to happen. Right? We already knew how Marcus and them was going to come in and how they was going to come. Come one time, decided, uh, Stella, I'm talking about you, Stella, too, decided, nah, well, before we make this decision, let's go around the city to all these other churches. We knew all that already. We knew, all, we knew, hey, Sutton, we knew y'all was coming. We, we, 
That's why we came to Charlotte. Babe, we got to get to Charlotte because we know the sentence is coming. We know Marcus and them, after they come the first time, that they're going to travel all over. We just waiting. We calling them up every week. How was that church? How was that church? No, we didn't know. We didn't know they was ever coming back. Do you understand what I'm saying? You can't make this stuff up. All you can do is take the step and be obedient. When are we going to use faith? When are we going to let God's being come on through us? So we can stop focusing on ourselves and the circumstances and just be rolling with God. That's what kingdom leadership is about. Because people don't follow you. They follow God. I'm telling you right now. Okay, think people follow you. Even if they're following you, it's going to be temporary. Because after a while, something's going to be missing. They don't know what it is, but I'm going to tell you what's missing. God, the presence of God, the power of God. No, what are you trying to say? I said it. I just said it. You hear me? What's missing? The power of God and the presence of God. Are you, what you trying to say? I ain't saying no names, but hey, hey. Are we lying? What's missing? Power of God and the presence of God. See, you can't fake that. You can't fake it. You can only yield to it. All right? So that's, that's enough for today. Um, we'll get into... We'll get into some more on kingdom leadership next week. Uh, t- some stuff we'll, we'll probably weave back into uh, because, again, we're talking about leadership and leading God's vision. We're talking about being visionary. So when we talk about harmonizing with destiny, uh, some things we'll probably uh, bleed in on Sunday. All right, uh, any, any thoughts? Let's start with either uh, people in the house, people online. Uh, would it make you think about any thoughts you may have? Well, you have thoughts. Would you, do you, would you please share what hit you? Because people need to hear this stuff. Like, like again, let's lead, man. Let's lead in vulnerability, transparency. Don't, hey, hey, going forward, especially through this teaching, through these next two teachings, man, don't be thinking about, wow, people don't want to hear that. Ah, that's crazy. Oh, what do people want to think? You're thinking too much. Just be obedient. Just share what's on your heart. If something trigger you, share it. See, see, again, God's pouring something in you. He's, making, he's revealing something to you. You have a peace in the body. When you share that peace, now it, it triggers a peace for another person. We have conversations up and down the road. My wife shares something. I go, oh, my God. That triggers something. I'm, I'm like, babe, put this note in, in, in my phone. Then, she, then I'm saying something that triggers something from her. Y'all be teaching doing fast week. It's triggering stuff for me. Oh, my God, I got to write that in. That connects to this. That, if, you, if you notice after fast week, I'll be referencing the stuff you say. After God talk, I'm referencing the stuff you say. After Bible study fellowship, after the class of the discipleship class, I'm referencing stuff because I understand we're all a piece of God's sermon. So to me, and I shared this with a young man that just taught recently. I said, let me help you out something. I said, you just taught. You did a great job. I said, because I I listened to the sermon. I said, so you did a great job. I said, let me ask ask you something. Some of the stuff you taught, I said, did you hear anything from your wife? Ah, yeah, well, we talked about this, that, and the other. I said, did you hear anything at church? Did you hear anything from me? I said, do me a favor. Honor your sources. Please, learn to honor your sources. I said, you don't realize that keeps you humble and it keeps you appreciating the body of Christ. But if you just take, share stuff as if you just thought of it, like, flip it. You have some, this is a revelation you thought nobody ever heard. You shared it. 
You get, and somebody takes it, they have a bigger platform, and they're sharing exactly what you just thought, and they never mention you. How you feel? Be honest. Don't lie. How you feel? Oh, wait, wait. Could, could a brother get a shout-out? Could a sister get an honorable mention? <laughs> when you write a book and you, read, and you put something in a book that you got from another book, can you just put it in there without referencing the author? Because you got to honor your source, don't you? Do you think it's just about plagiarism? It's about honor the person that impacted you, that triggered a revelation that you put in the book. What's wrong with that? Yes, yeah, reference. It may be in the back of the book. It may be underneath in small print, but you still got to honor your source. Live that way and you'll stay in humility. Because I'm going to tell you, it's just, it, it's, hey, remember I told you you need that spiritual deodorant. When you don't honor your source, you need deodorant. Bad. Because with, with you all over it, it's funky. It don't even have the same impact because it's not in humility. You're trying to draw attention to you. And trust me, that stinks in the nose of God. 